The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D-printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D-printed collectibles this side of home plate. Welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Let's play ball. Hey everybody, welcome into the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, Hey Carson, what's up man? Uh, What's up AJ, what's up everybody? We've got... uh... Um, a very good episode for you guys today. A lot of hard, most focused on baseball for for the first time, and it feels like quite some time. So, uh, yes, a jam-packed episode as usual. Um, we definitely, uh, we obviously missed you guys uh, on Monday. Um, hope everybody had a you know a great Memorial Day weekend. Hope you got a chance to spend some time with family. Um, uh, hope you caught the Indy 500 and of course, you know, hope everybody had a chance to, uh, you know, just kind of take a moment and pause and, and remember, you know, all the brave souls who have made the ultimate sacrifice, um, you know, serving our country and, um, you know, while also at the same time having fun. Um, I don't know, Carson, Memorial Day is kind of an odd, it's, it's a, it's a unique holiday, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a good time to uh, to spend with, with family and friends. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of families that uh, Memorial Day hits, hits just a little bit closer to home for. Um, obviously, you know, uh, like you said, we want to make sure we keep keep the main focus uh, of Memorial Day in mind and that it is meant to be. Uh, remembering those who, as you said, face the ultimate sacrifice, perfecting the fr- protecting our freedoms and everything that we have here that, you know, sometimes we might take for granted. So um, for for any uh, for any of those families out there, uh, we thank you for your, um, you know, for all, for everything you have also done and everything you have sacrificed and lost as well. That's something that also shouldn't be lost on everyone is that there are a lot of families who have lost you know sons brothers cousins whoever so um obviously it's it's more of a somber holiday i think but it's also a holiday to just kind of hit the pause button for a little while yeah absolutely well said um yeah let's let's just go ahead and jump right in because we do have a boy do we have a lot to get to um Holy crap, Carson, we're in, it's, it's June. Um, I don't know what happened to April and May, but we're already like a quarter of the way through baseball season. How, that's just nuts to me. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think that we're into June. And meanwhile, the, the weather is making me feel like we're still somehow sometimes in April. But I guess that just comes with the territory of living in Minnesota, but. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like we just, 
I feel like it was yesterday we were doing our, you know, our preseason prediction show. Um, so the calendar has flipped to June. And let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, some teams and some Major League Baseball teams are going to be happier than others to see that calendar flip to June. And the first and maybe the most obvious of those, Carson, is the Atlanta Braves, who were a dismal 13 and 15 in May. Uh, at the time of recording, they were 23 and 27 overall, a whopping 10 and a half games out uh, in the NL East. And what the hell, what is going on with the Braves? Um, yeah, it's been really something that's been interesting to watch is that, you know, obviously I think it's, it's kind of a thing in all sports where the champions usually have at least a little bit of a championship hangover, but you want to talk about a championship hangover. This is a, this is like a five alarm championship like hangover fire that is happening with the Braves. And I mean, there have been, you know, in, in the roster, it feels like there have been guys who, um, who aren't necessarily providing the contributions that you thought they would have. But, um, you know, we've talked about this too, when talking about the Braves, for some reason, it feels like the loss of Freddie Freeman has been a much bigger loss than everybody anticipated. It also doesn't help, by the way, that um, three out of their four starters right now in their rotation have an ERA that's above four. That's not good at all, with Charlie Morton being at a 5.47. Ew. But, um, yeah, it's been really something to kind of watch this team struggle a little bit. And it's... I can't really explain it. It's so weird, because this team has basically the same roster except for Freddie Freeman. And you could make the argument actually improved in the bullpen with Kenley Jansen, but it's just wild. And I don't know if there's necessarily one explanation for it. No, I don't. I really don't think there's one. I think like you said, I think it's a combination of factors. Like you mentioned the starters, you know, struggling and, and, um, but Anyone questioning whether a championship hangover is real, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'll be honest, I'm not a big believer in the whole championship hangover thing. Um, I'm kind of a, uh, it always, it always just kind of seemed like a superstition to me. Um, you know, and that's coming from a Red Sox fan. So that tells you all you need to know about my belief in superstitions. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Carson, obviously we cannot understate or underestimate the impact that losing Freddie Freeman had on this Braves team. But I got to be honest, I didn't think I thought, OK, Losing Freddie Freeman is obviously not ideal for them, but I thought at the very least, I thought, well, they pretty much still have the same core group. I thought there might be a little bit of a drop off, but I didn't think it would be this bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's not as if he, too by any stretch of the imagination that Matt Olson hasn't been pulling his weight far from it. Like he's got a yeah. three sixty nine on base, a four seventy four slugging. Like he's fifth on the team in war at a 1.1. Like it's not like he's not pulling his weight. He's been a fine replacement for Freeman, but 
something is just something's just off in Atlanta right now, and they they better figure it out because the Mets are cruising right now. Yeah, the Mets are running away with uh with that division. I mean, to be fair, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty mediocre division right now. The Mets are the only team above five hundred, and by a long shot. Um, and I'm glad he brought up Matt Olson because I honestly. In reading about the Braves and their struggles and everything, I haven't seen a whole lot of love for Matt Olson. Um, and I think, I think he's doing. I think he's making the best out of a well, let's just say a less than ideal situation because it seems like a lot of people were expecting Matt Olson to come in and you know, uh, maybe not play, maybe not play as well as Freddie Freeman, but there's got to be. Carson, you got to think there's got to be a ton of pressure on Matt Olson, and he's he's performing. He really is. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's performing, and um, I mean, I think that's kind of the issue when it comes to like replacing a franchise guy like this, right? Is that you're going to come in and automatically fans are going to want to compare you to the franchise guy that everybody loved, had been there from since he was drafted. Uh, yep. You know, that's that's kind of the problem. And that's just not a baseball problem. That's a problem in all sports is that a new guy comes in to replace an old guy that, if I'm being honest, maybe shouldn't have been replaced in the first place. Um, but but yeah, it's just I feel like it's unfair for Matt Olson to try and compare him to Freddie Freeman because, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade here. Freddie Freeman is a much better player than Matt Olson, but fair like. It's just it's not fair for him to get compared to to Freddie Freeman when this is his first year in Atlanta. Like that's that's just not fair. Uh no. No, it's definitely not. And I and I honestly I've you know, I've read articles, I've read, you know, I've listened to I'm about to Yes, I listen to other baseball podcasts. Um uh but I've and nobody seems to have an answer for what's going on with the Braves. And I honestly, I'm a bit, of, I'm kind of at a loss myself. But Carson, I think um, I'm going to go out a little bit on the limb here, but I, it might just be, it might be psychological because of the loss of Freddie Feynman. Does that make sense? Like the the team itself is kind of like, oh man, we lost Freddie Freeman. I mean, yeah, I think that's. That's something that very well could be is that, you know, everybody on the team is kind of just struggling to to adjust. And I mean, that's I think that's something, too, that from from all accounts, Freddie Freeman is just a all around fantastic human being and a great guy to have in the locker room. So certainly I'm sure that there was there was definitely a, a decrease in morale once he wasn't coming back. Um Hopefully that's something also that hasn't impacted Matt Olson as far as chemistry in the locker room is that mm. his teammates hopefully haven't fallen into that trap. Um, but if they're, you know, I don't want to speak negative on the Braves because also, you know, I think there's one of the great stories that's coming out of the Braves uh, right now is the, is uh, William Contreras, who's having a great season with a three, 380 on base, 714 slugging. And he's only 24 years old, so he could be a good – he's the same age as Ronald Acuna. So he could be a hmm. big piece of this of this new Braves core as as they kind of look set to 
because some of their guys are kind of getting a little bit older. Adam Duvall is 33. Marcelo Zuna is 31. Travis Darno is 33. So, you know, he could easily come in and replace Darno, and he's looking like he could be an absolute stud. Um, so, I mean, there are definitely some bright spots for the Braves. Um, I mean, I mean, again, they're only three games under 500. It's not like they're, you know, um, and I, fear not Braves fans. Uh, your team is currently only three and a half games out of that, uh, third wild card spot. So, you know, all is not lost yet, but, um, here's hoping, here's hoping the Braves can, can figure things out and, uh get back on track um as we shift to the american league um because the braves are from kind of what i'm looking at the braves were really the only team that are kind of the only national league team that i feel like are uh kind of lagging behind expectations but um the seattle mariners who Speaking of our preseason prediction episode, <laughs> uh, the Seattle Mariners, ladies and gentlemen, I boldly picked them to win the World Series. No, I'm not giving up on them yet. Um, I still have faith in the Mariners. Um, but Carson, the Mariners are struggling too. They were only uh, just an awful month of May, seven games under 500 uh, in the month of May. They're currently 21 and 29, a huge, just a, uh, an overwhelming 11 and a half games out of first in the, in the AL West. Um, things just keep, keep going from bad to worse for the Mariners. Uh, a dismal 239 team batting average and a 320 on base percentage, neither of which are going to get you far. Um, what what's going on in the Emerald City? Oh, and you called me crazy when I didn't even have them making the playoffs. But I told you I've seen this before. The Mariners yeah. have a bunch of hype and then they never live up to it. And uh, pray tell, AJ, before I go into kind of my breakdown here, who is currently in first place in the American League West? Uh, the Houston Asterisks. Are in first place. Darn, darn right, the Houston Astros are in first place, as I Blech. predicted. Um, but anyway, yeah, the the Mariners' bats have really been struggling. Um, obviously, you know we've dove we've uh, dove in multiple times into the struggles of one Jared Kalanick. Um, mm-hmm. He's just having a rough time of it right now, adjusting to major league hitting. Uh, Julio Rodriguez has certainly looked promising. Um, I mean. Ty France, by the way, I think is maybe one of the most underrated players in baseball. Um, he's got a 2.8 war right now, leading that leading the team with a 513 slugging percentage, a 426 on base percentage, which is a hundred points more than the team average. So he's certainly pulling his weight in that category. But if you look at the pitching, AJ's golden boy, Robbie Ray. Mm. Um, AJ, take take a guess. I don't know if you're looking at the baseball reference page here, but um, uh, off, I off am, your... as a matter of fact. Ah, um, so you you can see that Robbie Ray's ERA is at four point nine three. Yes, yes, I see that. That is 
And what did I say in the season predictions? I don't trust Robbie Ray in Seattle. Okay. And okay. Uh, go ahead. Finish your thought before I, uh, before I uh, slap back here. Okay. And then just, I guess, quickly, um, Paul Seawald <laughs> is literally the only good thing about this bullpen. Everybody else's ERA is at least above a four. Uh, Diego Castillo, who I'm assuming is more of the setup guy or used to be, is uh, has a 7.31 ERA, which is not good at all. The best starter is Logan Gilbert, um, who I think could, you know, if the Mariners improve and he continues on the trend he's been on, I think he should get some sort of Cy Young uh, recognition, but he's, you know, hopefully the team improves because as we've kind of talked about, usually awards go more to uh, playoff teams, but mm. yeah, there's just, there's a lot of things that need to get fixed. And I think it all starts with the bats for the Mariners, at least for now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, um, you're probably sitting there going, Oh man, will you just get off the Mariners bandwagon already? Uh, no, because I still I still believe that somewhere in this mess, and let's be honest, it's been a mess so far. Somewhere in this mess, I mean, this is, I think, Carson, I think you would agree with me, that this is essentially the same core uh, that went on that incredible run last year. I would agree with that, yeah. And okay. added Winker and Suarez. And Robbie Ray. The reigning American League Cy Young winner. I'm not giving. I'm not. I'm not quitting the Robbie Ray fan club yet either. Um, I still believe that somewhere in this mess, because they kept the core intact and because they made some, they made some really solid additions. Somewhere in this mess of a Mariners team is that team that went on a run last year and had the expanded. Uh, playoff format been in place last year the seattle mariners would have made the playoffs last year um somewhere in this mess that team is still there um and that is that's why i'm not ready to jump off the mariners bandwagon quite yet um that being said obviously there's just a whole mess of problems in seattle um you know that we've uh pretty well covered um but I still, I don't know, Carson, I'm, I'm sticking with it. And I'll ask the question, but I'm almost afraid of the answer. But do you think the Mariners have it in them to turn this thing around? I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to form a little bit of a run. But personally, at this point, I still, I still don't think they make the playoffs. That's fair. Um, and that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty safe assumption considering where they are in the standings right now. Um, but anyways, please, Mariners, uh, turn this thing around so I don't look like a complete knucklehead for picking you to win the World Series. Um, anyways, and and also, you know, of course, for your for your fans, because uh, the fans, you Seattle fans. Um, you need something you need you deserve a you deserve a good team you deserve a you know a team you can really get behind um cuz god knows hockey season was a disappointment for all of you um
But anyways, I digress. Uh, let's take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we've got a couple more teams that are uh, happy to see the calendar flip to June. Um, and yes, one of them is my Red Sox. Um, and then uh, coming up later, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a, since we're unofficially at the quarter point of the season, give or take a few games, um, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a quarter season slash uh, unofficial start to summer check-in and um, break down uh, who's in and who's out of the playoffs currently, um, our best team in each league, and our biggest surprise. Uh, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighthinningstretch.wixsite.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, we kind of cut off mid, sort of mid-segment there, but um, I'll be honest with you guys. I glanced at the timer and noticed that we were uh, a bit over because um, I know... Carson, I know they all, I know they, all our fans, they love to listen to us and they love the sound of our voices, but um, we try to keep it at a reasonable time for you guys. uh, So you can listen to, you know, the episode all in one go. Um, But before break, we were talking about teams that are um, happy to see the calendar flip to June. Um, And the next team on our list is, well, this might upset Carson a bit, but it's the White Sox. Um, who have they had an okay month of May, Carson, and they're only five games behind your twins. Uh, but that seems like the White Sox are heating up a little bit, and I know that probably upsets you as a twins fan. It both upsets and worries me. Um, I'll get a little bit more uh into the twins side of things in uh parting thoughts in today's episode because uh, let me tell you, ladies and gents, I have a lot to say about my twins right now. Um, but yeah, the, the, the White Sox are kind of getting hot at the right time. Uh, we were talking during our break that we both agree that the AL central is the weakest division in baseball. And really there's, you know, it's probably a three team race between the twins, the White Sox and the guardians at this point, the guardians are very much still in it. Um, first and foremost, I think it was a very good move on, um, on the White Sox part uh, in case anybody didn't see, they uh, DFA Dallas Keuchel, who was, let's just be honest, struggling mightily uh, with a 7.88 ERA by the time he got DFA'd. So Yikes. Um, White Sox fans are probably saying good riddance to him and um, wishing that maybe he had cheated a little more like he did when he was on the Astros. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I think the the biggest thing, and I've kind of pounded this into the ground ad nauseum with these White Sox, but the craziest thing about it for me has been the rapid decline of Yasmani Grandal. And it's been something for me that's very concerning. Um, A 271 OBP isn't necessarily horrible, but when the team is averaging a 292, like that's not great. He's a full 100 points 
down on their batting team average batting average team batting average uh, of 236 he's at 163 um but yeah the, his his decline I'll I'll try not to talk about it too much cuz I've talked about it like ad nauseum um but his decline's been kind of crazy um Yohan Moncada just came back I believe from a quad injury not too long ago but he's kind of struggled I think he's someone that the White Sox are going to need to rely on a little bit more, especially now that I believe Tim Anderson uh, also has recently landed on the 10-day uh, IL. He's having a monster season, by the way. Far and away, probably the best player on the White Sox. Um, you look at the pitching, I already kind of mentioned Dallas Keuchel. Um, Vince Velasquez has kind of struggled, the 530 ERA. Liam Hendricks has kind of struggled had his ups and downs this season again that's another one i've kind of talked about uh ad nauseum uh it's nice to see michael kopech have a good year 2.2 era johnny cueto the comeback of johnny cueto we talked about on last uh our last episode i believe has been nice to see but yeah the the white Sox. i think if they make you know there's a few things potentially that kind of need to be tweaked a few more guys need to kind of start hitting the ball a little bit better uh, the pitching, the bullpen, I think, especially could use with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of strengthening as well as the starting pitching. I think they should very much be in on Frankie Montas, by the way. I hope they don't get him, but I'm just saying they should be in on him. Um, but with a little bit of tweaking here, the the White Sox could very well make a run at this AL Central. Um, Not to continue to harp on the White Sox pitching, but... Um... Their team ERA is a 4.05 right now, which is the 11th out of 15 teams in the American League. So that um, that definitely needs to change. But yeah, I'm I'm with you 100, man. I the White Sox are. Um, I mean, they, I think it's fair to say they had pretty lofty expectations uh, coming into the season, and I don't. You might remember better than I do, but I. Don't remember. I don't think. Uh, did either one of us pick them to win the AL Central in our prediction episode? I believe I picked them to win it, and you picked the Twins. Well, how do you like that? Um, <laughs> hey, I, you, you know what? If the Twins are, <laughs> if if me being wrong means that the Twins are leading the division, I'm fine being wrong. That That's fair. Works for me. Yeah. You being wrong about the Twins is better than me being wrong about the Mariners. Um, Jesus, I really painted myself in a corner with that World Series pick. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, well, it, we're clearly not making any friends on the south side of Chicago. But, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, don't sleep on the White Sox, as I guess the point we're making here. Um, cause I got a feeling they're going to go on a heck of a run here in, in, as the calendar flips over to June. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, um, on our list of teams that are happy to see the calendar flip to June. And in this case, they were happy to see the calendar flip to May. Um, and they'll probably be happy to see the calendar flip to July. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, is my very own, my beloved Boston Red Sox. Uh, they went five. They played five hundred ball in May. They were fourteen and fourteen in the month of May, which doesn't sound great, but 
considering how they played in April, was an improvement. Um, quick glance at the standings. They're 24 and 27, only three games under 500. Yes, they're 11 games out of the lead in the AL East, but only three and a half games out of a wild card spot. Um, Carson, I gotta be honest. This this Red Sox team is just is infuriating because they'll have a they'll have a couple of great games in a row and then they'll just come out and just absolutely lay just lay an egg. Um as a non-biased outsider, uh what do you see going on with the Red Sox? Yeah, um like I like like you said, I'm more of an outsider on these guys. Like I won't know nearly as much of what's going on as, as you do. But um, first and foremost, let's just say this. I think you and all Red Sox fans are relieved to see that um, especially in the month of May, it seemed like Trevor story kind of started to find his footing. And yeah, uh, Trevor story looked more like Trevor story. Yeah. And for, to just because I can put this pun in there, he started to write his Boston story. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, oh boy. But I guess if there's, um, if there's a bat I want to focus on as far as somebody that looks like he's been struggling, at least from an outsider's perspective, Bobby Dahlbeck looks like mm-hmm. he's been kind of having a rough year. I mean, he's, uh, yikes. Um, 261 on base, 291 slugging from, from a guy who, who we've seen mash in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been, but I mean, the dynamic duo right now of Devers and Bogarts certainly has been something to watch. Um, hopefully you Red Sox fans will be able to watch them for years to come, but that's a different mm. scenario entirely. But mm. I think too, one, one piece, you know, everybody obviously likes to always focus on the bats, but. I feel like personally, I don't know what's going on with this Red Sox bullpen. These guys have just been all over the place in terms of, you know, who's the closer, the closer. It feels like is on a carousel. I mean, Matt Barnes Mm -hmm. is on the IL currently, and maybe that's a good thing with a 7.94 ERA, but it feels like the, it's just on a carousel of like, you know, one guy gets hot for a little bit and then absolutely lays a giant egg. And then the next guy comes in and the next guy comes in. So, I mean, if there's one thing that I see the Red Sox potentially looking at, if they were to make a little bit of a run at this at the trade deadline, get a certified bullpen arm. And I mean, like certified, like not somebody who's, you know, maybe streaky, but like get a certified bullpen arm to try and get in there and stop a little bit of this bleeding. The starting pitching is okay. I mean, Rich Hill hasn't exactly been great, but I feel like the starting pitching has been okay. Like you said, kind of pretty inconsistent as far as, you know, they'll go out and deliver, you know, maybe Eovaldi goes out and delivers a gem one night, and then Nick Pavetta comes in and stinks the place up the next. So, um, but, I mean, this team is just way too talented to be struggling like this, and honestly, I hope they – figure they figure it out because they've just got way too much talent and way too much star power to be struggling this badly. Uh yeah, that's definitely a fair assessment. Um listen Red Sox fans cuz I know you're out there. Um 
yes, this team has been wildly inconsistent. They had an absolutely dismal month of April. Um, and I think, Carson, I'm glad you pointed that out about, because myself included, have really been harping on the offense. But the offense, uh, the offense seems to have, well, I don't want to say that they've completely figured it out because they're still having, they're still a bit streaky. Um, but the offense is markedly improved, I think, uh, in the month of May. Um, bear with me for a second, ladies and gentlemen. I'm reading an update that Chris, that Alex Cora gave on uh, the status of Chris Sale because, as we were talking about, um, Red Sox pitching. Okay, so nothing concrete of Chris Sale yet. But here's, and I'm glad, Carson, I'm glad you brought up the pitching because that's where I I want to focus as well because I think the offense is it's better um, and it's getting better. Although, um, call up Tristan Casas, please, please call up Tristan Casas. Um, enough already. The dude's crushing it in AAA. Get him to the big league club now. He's ready. Um, but as far as the pitching goes, um. It sounds like Chris Sale is going to be back sooner rather than later, which is a huge, huge thing for the. Um, I mean, that's obviously that can't be understated. Um, my solution, um, once Chris Sale is back in the lineup, I would move Rich Hill to the bullpen, give the bullpen a little stability, and then, like Carson said, um, they definitely need to go out and get a. Uh, Either go out and get a, a certified closer or find somebody in that bullpen. Um, find someone in the bullpen who can take that role, you know, definitively. Um, because Carson, I think if history teaches anything, uh, closer by committee doesn't work. Uh, yeah, no. It, especially with with the closer position. That's one position I feel like in baseball where you you need to have somebody in there, you know, for for stability. But at the same time, you also need it to be someone that you can trust. If you can't trust your closer, you're in trouble from the start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you just look at, you know, some of the championship teams in the past, you know, well, any of the championship teams within the last, you know, I don't know, even within, even just within the last five years, the one common denominator with all those teams, they all had a solid closer, a reliable closer that lights out go-to guy who, when that person come, when that dude walks out of that bullpen and, and heads to that mound, you know that it's game over. Um, so those are kind of our, just a, a, a few teams that are probably uh, very happy to have the month of May over. Um, and now that we're into June, Carson, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, we're basically a quarter of the way through the season already. It's just wild. I mean, to to think that it wasn't wasn't even maybe a f- you know a few months ago where we thought maybe just maybe we weren't even going to have a season is and to be yeah. at this point is just crazy 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 yeah i think um i think maybe some of us have collectively forgotten that uh well maybe not forgotten but 
it seems like that was it seems like that was forever ago that we were in the midst of the lockout and you know we didn't know whether we were going to get a season or whether you're going to get a shortened season or or what have you but um the point is we did get a season we got a full season um and so at the quarter the unofficial quarter mark and the unofficial beginning of summer because let's be honest once the calendar flips to june that's when baseball kicks into high gear um we kind of wanted we're going to do a little bit of a check in here um so let's just jump right in let's start with the american league um the current if the season ended today um which thank god for some teams it doesn't um the playoff picture in the american league would look as follows um so we're keep in mind and remember that the playoff format has changed it's now six teams get into the playoffs the top two teams get a first round by the remaining four teams playing the wild card round which is now a best of three series thank god they got rid of that stupid one game wild card um American League playoffs, Carson. Man, what a field this would be. Top two teams. Uh, the first round buys the Yankees and the Asterisks. Asterisks. Um, and then the wild card round, we'd have the Angels against your Twins, uh, and the Blue Jays versus the Rays. Um, would you be confident or nervous about your Twins facing the Angels in the playoffs? I'd be nervous. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, it's bad enough that the Twins haven't won a playoff game in like 18 attempts, but Mm. like this Angels team just seems like it's a different Angels team. Um, And I mean, I'd be concerned, especially with the pitching. I swear to God, if Chris Archer pitched any of those games, I might as well (laughs) just, I might as well just turn the game off because I know we're going to lose. No disrespect to Chris Archer, but he just has not been throwing the ball well right now. Um, but yeah, as far as the rest of the teams go, I mean, best team right now in baseball, you know, is the New York Yankees, which, by the way, a little bit of uh, breaking news here. We are in perfect game watch for the Yankees' Jamison Tyone against the Los Angeles Angels in the bottom of the seventh. Ooh, Wow. Which good for Jamison Tylone. Like for all Hell the yeah. pirate teams he's had to go through, like he finally gets a chance to prove how good of a pitcher he really is. I've always thought he was a really good pitcher. But um anyway, so yeah, the the Yankees obviously the best team. The Houston Astros, who I predicted to win the AL West, um have unsurprisingly to me, perhaps maybe a little bit surprising to AJ, um, have silenced their doubters who thought that maybe without Carlos Correa, uh, they wouldn't be as good of a team. They have silenced that critique quite quickly. Um, and then obviously I think the Blue Jays and the Rays would be an amazing series. Uh, those are two really great teams uh, that have some really good lineups and can wheel out a good pitching gem. Um, so yeah, the American league would be quite the, uh, quite the league to watch in the playoffs if things will hold up the way they are which they probably won't but uh no because there's one team notably missing from that list of six teams and that of course is my beloved boston red sox 
Um, anywho. Uh, yeah, Blue Jays raised. That would be a hell of a series. Although, if those games are in Tampa, you know, they'll the place will be empty, um, like always. You, um, oh, you just had to get that shot there, didn't you? I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Um, and if there are any Rays fans listening, you know that I'm right. Um, anyways, uh, I'll save my I'll save my rant about the how the Rays should move to Montreal for another episode. Um, honestly, out of those, out of the two, uh, well, clearly hypothetical wild card series. In the American League, I'm all. I mean, as as awesome as I think that Rays Blue Jays series would be, um, I am all for the Twins and the Angels, um, and I'll explain why uh, here more in a minute. Um, why I'm so into that series, but Carson, that would mean that finally we finally get to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs. Yeah, and not to mention, you know, um, I would certainly be um, intrigued by that series because think about, you know, a Mike Trout, you know, you've got two dynamic duos there. It would be Mike Trout and Shohei Otani versus Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton. Um, Yes, please give me that every (laughs) single day of the week, twice on Sunday. Um, Please and thank you. That would be phenomenal baseball. Yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be a hell of a series. Um, okay, so <laughs> if I were to press you, uh, Carson, <laughs> who is your pick for the best team in the American League right now, and who's your biggest surprise? Best team right now, I would give it to the Yankees. Um <sighs> I mean, I mean, come on. Way to go out on a limb. I know, but what am I supposed to do? They're probably, they've probably still got the best record in base by this point. What am I supposed to do? Just notice how dominant they've been? That other team from New York, the one that everybody always forgets about currently has the best record in baseball. Oh, well, good for the Mets. Hell yeah. But still, like, what am I supposed to do? Just ignore the fact that the Yankees are so good? We're on a perfect game watch for the Yankees, for God's sake, with Jamison Tylone. Like, that's how deep their starting rotation is. I mean, come on. Okay. um, And then biggest surprise. Your biggest surprise. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be the Angels, right? I mean. uh, Yeah. Nobody really. I don't think would have expected them to be as good as they have been to start the year. Granted, they're only, you know, they're four games over uh, 500 right now. But I mean, usually when we talk about the Angels, we're talking about, you know, another year where Mike Trout's not going to make the playoffs and we don't get to see Mike Trout in the playoffs yet again. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they've gotten a lot of good contributions and also, where the heck did Taylor Ward come from? <laughs> 459 on base, 686 slugging percentage. Like, 
did did he was he just kind of hiding under a rock and then just decided to pop up and be like, hi, I'm gonna be the secret third piece of the puzzle that the angels have always needed. Like, hello. What? Like, if it was anybody, you would have you would think that it would be Anthony Rendon. But here comes Taylor Ward to kind of potentially take that mantle. And let's not also forget that Anthony Rendon has been a crucial member of this team and has kind of been the forgotten star, I think, since he's come to L.A. through some fault of his own and some not so fault of his own in terms of staying healthy. But, yeah, I think the this Angels team has to be my biggest surprise. Uh, yeah, I would... Um... I picked a different team for my biggest surprise, but I, I can't I I can't poke any holes in your argument for the Angels. Um they've just absolutely come out of nowhere. Um granted they've stumbled a little bit as of late, but uh I fully expect the Angels to be playing baseball in October. Um and I <laughs> I feel bad for any team who has to match up with them in the playoffs. Um, Cause they will not be an easy out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Cause like Carson mentioned, we've never, we have yet to see Mike Trout in the playoffs and we've obviously uh, by extension, we obviously have never seen Shohei Otani in the playoffs and Carson, I gotta say, I fully expect that Mike Trout uh, playoff Mike Trout will be even scarier than regular season Mike Trout. I should hope so, because otherwise these playoffs are going to be, if they make it, it's going to be boring. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I just have this feeling that if the Angels get into the playoffs, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are going to, we've seen them in beast mode, and I just, I think they're just going to go to 11. Uh, you're welcome for the, this is Spinal Tap reference, by the way. Um, my biggest, I'm going to start with my biggest surprise, because well, I think I know where you're going with this, but we'll see. My biggest right. surprise, <laughs> you think, um, my biggest surprise is less surprising than my pick for for my best team um, at this point. Uh, my biggest surprise in the American League, ladies and gentlemen, is the Houston Astros. And hang on. I can hear you all, and I know Carson, I know you're champing at the bit over there. Hear me out for a second. The reason I'm picking the Astros as my biggest surprise in the American League is because, honestly, I did not think they would be this good after losing Carlos Correa. Um, but, And I'm saying this all grudgingly, for the record, because you all know how much I loathe the Houston Astros. Um... But look at them. They lose Carlos Correa Carson, and they're one of their, you know, record-wise, one of the best teams in the American League, and uh, with a pretty comfortable lead in the AL West. You know, I should have almost seen this coming, but that was definitely not the route I was. I thought you were going to go in. And Who did now you think you I was? Who did you think I was going to pick? Be honest. I thought you were going to say the Rays for sure. Oh. Because I know you severely undervalued them in the I do. Uh, season season predictions and have the entire season. So I thought for sure you were going to go with the Rays. But 
at the same time, I probably should have seen the Astros coming. And now I have no idea where you're going to go with for best team. Nope. Because I know it ain't going to be the Yankees. Oh, hell no. Uh, but seriously, though, did you think the Astros would be this good without Carlos Correa? Of course I did. I picked them to win the AL West. What are you talking about? Okay, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but, I mean, before, just looking at it on paper, when the when when Carlos Correa went to the Twins, which I'm still just a huge fan of that move, I couldn't have picked a better spot for Carlos Correa to land. Um when I heard Carlos Correa was going to the Twins, I thought, oh, man, the Astros are in trouble. Like, I thought they would have us. They would go through similar struggles. I thought they would struggle the way the Braves have since losing after losing Freddie Freeman. But they haven't, unfortunately. Um, but I'm still not. I still don't think they're going to win that division. Um I think the Angels are going to give them a run for their money before all is said and done. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. Does this mean you're going on record right now and changing your division pick from the Mariners? No, no, not yet. Okay, okay. But I, I just, I don't think the Astros are going to win the AL West. I think it's it. I think the Angels are definitely going to give them a run for their money, obviously, because the Angels are, again, even though they've stumbled a little bit recently, um. And that Mariners team has just the Mariners, the Mariners, I feel like the Mariners and the Red Sox are kind of two two teams that are just way too talented to be where they are right now. And I don't think either one of those teams is gonna stay. I don't think they're gonna end the season where they are now. Um but anyways, um I digress. All right, everybody. Carson, you're ready for my pick for my best team in the American League? Oh, I'm so ready because I, lit- I literally have no idea where you're going to go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my best, my pick for the best team in the American League right now, Carson, your beloved Minnesota Twins. What? Yes. Um, it is no secret that I am a huge baseball geek and that I love just falling down the rabbit hole into stats and all that fun stuff. And here's why, uh, I mean, let's be honest. You knew I wasn't going to pick the fucking Yankees. Um, even though that's the, you know, smart money would smart money would pick the Yankees or the Astros as the best team. Um, the Minnesota Twins, ladies and gentlemen, let me throw a few numbers at you. Uh, they have the best on-base percentage in the American League. They have the third best batting average in the American League. Um, and oh, by the way, they also have, hang on, let me find it. Uh, they have the fourth best team ERA in the American League. And like I say all the time, the numbers don't lie. Um, and honestly, Carson, I just really like this Twins team. Um, and I know you have your, you know, your gripes with them, of course. But, um, yeah, the Twins are my, they're, they're my best. They're, they're my pick for the best team in the American League right now. Stunned silence, ladies and gentlemen. I am very much stunned. <laughs> 
I, Come on, you know by now that I go outside the box with these picks. I I know, but like, I'm a Twins <laughs> fan, and I'm even saying that that's that's nuts. Like, like, ladies and gentlemen, don't get me wrong. You all know I love my Minnesota Twins, which is why I can sit here and say that that is nuts. Because like <laughs> like we've talked about. This AL Central is by far the weakest division in baseball this year, I think, in my mind, by far. Um, while you do certainly have, you know, like you said, the numbers don't lie and the numbers are good. I don't know how we have that good of an ERA when three of our five pitchers are sitting at an ERA above four. I don't know how that's possible. Um, but it's... I guess it's also hard for me to see this right now just with the recent form that the Twins have been on and the stretch of games that I know is going to be coming up for us. Like, we have a against the Blue Jays, then a series at home against the Yankees and at home against the Rays. Like, those are three really tough series in for a team that is coming off of losing four of five to the Tigers, which I will get into in my parting thoughts because I am steaming mad about that. Um, and I mean, right now we've just got so many guys injured. I mean, we've already lost Chris Paddock for the season. Uh, Joe Ryan has COVID Carlos Correa has COVID Royce Lewis got injured playing in center field, which is a whole nother argument that I could go on for, for days and days. Uh, Gilberto Celestino is on IL. Like we've got, we have so many guys right now that are hurt. And it's just, it's, I guess it's just kind of hard for me to see in the rose tinted glasses to see us as the best team in the, in the American league right now. Um, yeah, I fully expected your stunned silence um, and, and that reaction, but, uh, and I, I just, I'm going to make one more quick point and then we are going to take a break because holy crap, are we running over in this segment? Um, ladies and gentlemen, take your Yankees, take your Astros. Yeah, they're both off to these incredibly hot starts. But lest we forget, in baseball, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And I would not be surprised to see either the Yankees or the Astros, or maybe both, uh, run out of gas at some point because they get off to these crazy hot... We see it all the time. We see it in we see it in the other sports as well as baseball. These teams get off the crazy hot starts, or they have these you know ridiculous record-setting seasons. Um, I'm looking at you, 2001 Seattle Mariners. Uh, 116 games they won during the regular season and barely made a peep in the playoffs. So. Um, that's kind of a little bit of my reasoning behind picking the Twins as my best team at this point of the season. Obviously, that could and probably will change down the road. Um, let's take a break because we're Jesus. Are we running? We're running way over on this segment. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, we're going to cover our National League portion of our quarter season slash unofficial start to summer uh, breakdown. Um, and then I just have the oddest feeling that you don't want to miss Carson's parting thoughts today. 
Um, you're listening to the Eighth Inning Trust with Angie and Carson. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Eighth Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at Eighth Inning Pod and visit our website at slash podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, into our third and final segment. Uh, I do apologize. I feel like the flow of this of today's episode has been a little choppy, but um, that's just because we have so much to get to. Um, so much, you know, because we try to pack as, we try to jam pack as much content in every, every episode for you guys as possible. Um, so we're doing our, our kind of quarter, because we're the sort of unofficial quarter point of the season and it's the unofficial start of summer because you know we're now well past memorial day um so we're kind of breaking down both you know the american and national league um who's in who's out as far as the playoffs go our best teams and our biggest surprises so now we're into national league and carson i'm salivating over this playoff field in the national league and i really hope this holds up um the National League playoffs, as of if the season ended today, uh, the Dodgers and Mets would be the top two seeds. So, again, under the new playoff format, they would get a first-round bye. Our first-round series, holy crap, Giants versus Brewers, Cardinals versus Padres. Um, I was going to ask you to pick your favorite out of those two series, but I don't know about you, but I can't. I don't think I can either. But I'm going to attempt to play. Okay. I'm going with the Cardinals Padres series. Mm. Um, mostly for because honestly, um, give me a playoff series where I see Nolan Arenado going up against uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. Um, and I mean Jack Flaherty going up against the entire Padres rotation. Um. But, yeah, I think that would be an absolutely fantastic series. Um, yeah, I think, man, I, I just, I'm just looking at this, this these teams. I mean, we could we could potentially have, I mean, three teams from the NLS. So we could have a Dodgers-Giants NLCS, um, depending on how, you know, things shake out. Um, or Dodgers mess. I mean, just the possibilities alone are 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 just wicked, just fucking awesome. Um, again, that a lot can obviously change. Um, but now I'm actually looking at the okay. So it would be yeah, it would be the Brewers versus the Giants, the Padres versus the Cardinals. So if the Let's see if the Padres won. The Padres would play. The, the Padres would play the Mets and the Giants would play the Dodgers. Okay, so maybe not the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers, Giants, and LCS, but could still be Dodgers, Padres, and LCS. Which, um, hell yeah, sign me up. Um. Carson, your best team and your biggest surprise in the National League. 
I mean, do I even need to say who my best team is? Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my best team in the National League continues to be my pick to win the 2022 World Series. That is right. My best team in the National League, of course, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, again, I do I even need to explain myself? Like, <laughs> do I really need to? Like, I'll, I'll just Freddie Freeman, uh, Mookie Betts, uh, Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin has been absolutely on fire. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is pretty good too. Um, and, um, well, I guess the, the whole Craig Kimbrough thing is kind of backfiring on me at the current moment, but, um, I mean, that's the only downside at this point, like Dodgers all the way, obviously, um, biggest surprise. Now this one, I think is a little bit tricky because all of these teams are very much deserving to be here. Um, but I think I'm going to try and pick one and it's probably going to be an extremely hot take, but hear me out. I'm picking the Padres because solely because of the fact that at this point, I thought they would not be doing as well as they are without Fernando Tatis Jr. for as long as he has been out. That is the sole reason that I am surprised to see the Padres here. I thought they'd have a little bit more of a struggle. That is that is literally the sole reason. Everything else about this team says that they should be here, but that is literally my sole reason. But like I said, it's so hard to pick a surprise because every single one of these teams deserves to be here. Yeah, I think it's... I never think it's... Uh... Going out on too much of limb to say that the NL is just stacked. Um, but, uh, well, what can I say? Great minds think alike. My biggest surprise in the NL is also the San Diego Padres, um, who, uh, if you, if anybody, if you missed it, uh, back in our prediction episode, I picked to represent the National League in the World Series, and I'm still sticking to that. Um, I mean, Carson, you basically said it. Fernando Tatis Jr. being out this long um, in a in a normal, you know, in a in a logically the Padres should just be dead in the water already without Tatis, but here they are. They're only three games out of first place in the NL West. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean this this NL West has got to be like got to be the best division in baseball as far as just entertainment from a standing standpoint, right? Like, I mean, no, you know, I think they're the, they're the only division at this point with a, with the last place team still within 10 games, which is insane that even the last place team is somehow within 10 games and they're sitting at 23 and 27. So, um, it's it's pretty nuts to to watch this NL West and um you know I wouldn't be surprised if they're you know we've already got three teams in there and I wouldn't be surprised if it stays that way. Yeah, I don't see much um well I certainly don't see the Dodgers dropping off and I I don't and the Padres are only going to get better once uh Fernando Tatis Jr is back. Um 
uh, the Giants, maybe they might. The Giants are kind of they're struggling a little bit of late, but um, yeah, the NL West is just crazy, and that's going to be a that figures to be the most fun division to watch um, for the rest of the year. Um, my pick for best team in the National League. Now I blew Carson's mind when I picked the Twins as the best as my best team in the American League. And I honestly, I, I can't really gauge his reaction to this one. But, um, well, spoiler alert, I'm not picking the Dodgers. Um, because they have the biggest question mark of all in their, at their closer. Uh, Mr. Craig Kimbrell, the biggest friggin' head case ever. Um, again, I will cite the, 20, the, the, two, the 2018 World Series uh, when... Craig Kimbrell was a member of, he was the closer for the Red Sox. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Cora did not bring in Craig Kimbrell to close out the deciding game of the World Series. He brought in Chris Sale. For me, that's open and closed uh, as far as Craig Kimbrell goes. Um, Carson, my pick right now for the best team in the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, stunned silence. <laughs> it's your justification here better be two words because that's literally the only thing I think that could be your saving grace for me here. Uh, yes, those two words are Josh and Hater. Um, that's my that's not my only justification, but that's my biggest one because let's be honest, Josh Hater is to say he's automatic is I mean. Uh, you know, he's still perfect in save opportunities. He still hasn't given up a run. And I mean, obviously I know, oh, and oh, by the way, he's only given up four hits. Um, obviously he can't possibly keep up this superhuman pace he's at. Um, I mean, maybe, but, uh, Josh Hader is just letting the world on fire. Um, but the Brewers, uh, in case anybody's wondering, um, they have a, a team uh, 310 on base percentage uh, as a team. They have a 3.36 ERA, which, oh, by the way, is the second best in the National League. Um, but here's the thing that really stands out for this Brewers team to me. Uh, a 982 fielding percentage and a plus 39 run differential, which means... They're getting it done with the bats. They're getting it done clearly with their pitching, uh, especially with Josh Hader. Uh, and they're getting it done with the glove. Um, I, I don't know really what else to say. Um, the Brewers are, for me, the Brewers are the best team right now in the NL. Um, I suspect you're going to say something about the Mets, maybe. Yeah, that was kind of where I was going. Um, I, I, you make, you certainly make a good case for the Brewers, but um, personally, for me, if you're not going to go with the Dodgers, I don't see how you can't go with the Mets at this point. Um, but I mean, the Brewers are a very solid team, that's for sure. I just, I guess, I have questions about them when it comes playoff time because let's be honest, as dominant as Josh Hader has been, um, you know, he's had moments in the postseason where he's. Um, well, yeah, for lack of a better fair. word, choked. 
Yeah. Um, he pulled a so. he's pulled a Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. <sighs> Just had to throw that in there, didn't you? But yeah, yep. I have I have questions. Play. I have questions about him a little bit coming into the postseason. Um, yeah, but that's they're, a fair they're point. Certainly a, they're certainly a strong team, and uh, you know, it'll um, be interesting. The reason I didn't go with them, well, I already. I don't know how many more times I can, you know, pick on Craig Kimbrell. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's a long season yet. The only reason I didn't go with the Mets, uh, obviously the injury concerns uh, with Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, uh, those kind of, uh, that, that, that gives me kind of a buyer beware feeling about the Mets. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, please don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, Mets fans. I'm just ridiculously happy to see the Mets doing so well because uh, Lord knows you guys deserve a winning, you know, a winning championship caliber baseball team in, in, uh, in, in flushing. Um, so, but that the, the injury concerns with, with DeGrom and Scherzer are the only reason I didn't go Mets. Um, and honestly, I think if it came down to an NLCS between the Mets and the Dodgers, I would I'd go Mets all day. I mean, obviously, provided that Scherzer and DeGrom are both healthy. Um, so, um, parting thoughts. Uh, here we are again at the end of another episode. Um, Carson, I know you've got. Uh, I know you've got. Um, well, you've got thoughts about your Minnesota Twins, um, but let's first get our let's let's get our must. I think both of us have some. Uh, both of us have some. Uh, both of us have a a bit of a rant to go on uh, in our parting thoughts. Um, so let's get our must watch games out of the way first. Uh, what are your must watch games um, for the you know for the weekend? Um, yeah, I think obviously I think the biggest series going on is going to be uh, Mets and Dodgers. My goodness, that should be an absolute heater of a series. Um, uh, another one that I'll personally have my eyes on is the Rays and the White Sox. Uh, we mm. kind of talked about it. The the White Sox are had kind of heated up to end May a little bit, and obviously uh, the Rays are the Rays. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, for Carson's tank series of, of the episode, we have got a doozy for you this weekend. The Washington Nationals and the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, good God. Woo-wee. So there, there you go. There is, uh, we, we had quite a few options this Oof. week, but I mean, my goodness, that, that series has me salivating uh, for a tanking series, so... If you, if you, like I say each episode, if you want to watch some bad baseball, go watch the Nationals and the Reds. Uh, that Nationals Red series, that might be the worst. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but that might be the worst, uh, of your tanking series that you've picked. Um, good God. That's just, those are two just dreadful teams. Um, but that's the beauty of baseball, ladies and gentlemen. You could get two absolutely dreadful teams on the field, and who knows? They could produce a, you know, an instant classic. Um, 
Carson mentioned the Dodgers and the Mets. That's obviously that's a I mean, that is must see TV. Um, that might be one of the best series that we've had so far this year. And that could be a um, that could be a I mean, let's be honest that let's just say it. That could be a potential um, uh, NLCS uh, preview for sure. Um, but I think I'm going to go for my must watch series. I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the Padres and the Brewers. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think that's going to be a hell of a fun series to watch. Um, I mean, we just, I obviously just talked about the, you know, the Brewers being, um, my pick for the best team in the NL right now. Um, you've got, um, just two, just two really, really good teams. Two teams playing awesome, playing really, really good baseball. And uh, I think I just think that series is going to be a, a a blast to watch. Um, that's another you know possible playoff preview. So, um, pretty exciting, Carson. That we're getting to the point of the season where some of these series we can look at and go, yeah, you know that that's a potential playoff matchup. And that a lot of these series are starting to have more and more potential uh, playoff and divisional implications as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Actually, I didn't even think of that. Um, okay, uh, Carson, hit us with your uh, hit us with your thoughts on your Minnesota Twins. Yeah, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm gonna go on a rant here. Apparently, that's not a surprise. Um, but I try and keep my rants to my rants to a minimum on this show. Um, but I must say it's nice to have a rant that actually involves baseball for once instead of the crap that's going on in the outside world. Hell but yeah. I am very worried about my Minnesota Twins, and I'm very upset with my Minnesota Twins for multiple reasons. I'll start with why I'm upset. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Twins just got done with a five-game series against the Detroit Tigers. They lost four of those five games and got shut out twice. If you are going to be a legitimate playoff contender, I don't care if you're leading the AL Central right now. That's It's the weakest division in baseball. That's, that's good. That's great. In, in the grand scheme of things, I don't care. If you want to be a legitimate playoff contender, those are games you need to win. You cannot be losing four out of five to this sorry Tigers team. And I'm sorry, Tigers fans, if you're out there. Let's let's just face facts here. You guys are sorry. Like, you're, you're still rebuilding. You've got a young core that looks like it's going to be good, but you're still rebuilding. You cannot, if you are the Minnesota Twins, lose four out of those five games. And it just feels like... Oh, it feels like... I don't know what they're doing with Byron Buxton at this point. Like, they'll sit him then they'll play him, then they'll sit him for like three games, and then they'll play him again. I don't know what we're doing. I guess if you're managing him, his injuries, but like if you want to be a legit playoff contender, you need to play him more because that's how that's a one reason you're going to win games. But losing these games to the Tigers is absolutely unacceptable. You cannot lose to these, these kind of bottom feeder teams. Again, Tigers fans, my apologies, but I think you'll agree with me. Um, and the reason that 
this frustrates me and also worries me is because, you know, the Twins, the Twins have a lot of guys who are hurt right now. Like Carlos Correa has COVID. Gilberto Celestino is on the IL. Royce Lewis, our top prospect, is on the IL after playing in center field because apparently we're going to turn him into a utility guy, which I think is the stupidest idea in the world. Um, Joe Ryan has COVID. We've already lost Chris Paddock for the year, which I don't even want to get started with that trade again because, my God, it looks a lot worse today. Oh, and and AJ, you know who was the uh, losing pitcher today for the Twins? Take a wild guess. Who was the losing pitcher? Um. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's just the other pitcher that we got in that trade, Emilio Pagan. Oh, ouch. tagged with the loss in the last game with the Tiger series. Ouch. But the reason I'm worried, too, is because we're heading into a series into Toronto against the Blue Jays. God only knows, too, how many players are going to have to go on the restricted list because they're unvaccinated because of mm. Toronto still has very strict protocols. Like we're starting Chi Chi Gonzalez tomorrow. If you're not a twins fan, like AJ, you're not a twins fan. Do you know who Chi Chi Gonzalez is? Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. That's the first time I've heard that name. Exactly. <laughs> but he's going to be starting for us tomorrow in Toronto against Yusei Kikuchi. Love that. Yeah, that's not but an ideal gets, matchup. But it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen. After we go to Toronto, we get to come home. Hooray. But we have a series against the Yankees and then Oof. the Rays. And I I know that a lot of people say, oh, momentum isn't really a thing. Momentum is absolutely a thing when you just lost four or five to the Detroit Tigers and you're going into three series against three of the best teams in baseball who are all in the same division, by the way, just as a little side note. Like, yeah, I am very scared for this because as we've talked about, the White Sox are heating up. The Guardians are heating up. In no way do I think that this division is a lock. And the fact that we are playing like this and getting shut out by the Tigers twice, especially when we have this giant, you know, these three series where it's like in the movies where you walk up to the haunted house and there's like the organ playing in the background and lightning bolts coming down. Like, that's <laughs> how I feel right now about this three series, these three series that we're heading into without losing four or five and getting shut out twice to this Tigers team. But with it, what hope am I supposed to have for these three series? If you can't beat the Tigers, why should I have any hope that you can beat the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Rays for a game, let alone a series? There we go. That's that's the end of it for now. I'm sorry if my thoughts seemed a little bit discombobulated, but as you can all probably tell, I am very upset right now. And this is only this is also partly the reason why I can't believe that AJ picked the twins as the best team in the AL. Uh I don't know. Somehow I knew you were gonna loop back around to that. Um <laughs> but that's a uh, yeah. Um Ladies and gentlemen, Carson is always makes very good points. Uh, if I were a Twins fan, I would I would be in the same boat. Um, as a Red Sox fan who's watched, you know, my team obviously struggle. You know, I've I can I can I can empathize um, with the frustration. Um, so we took. Um, 
we didn't do a show on Monday. Um, we, we didn't record on Sunday uh, and didn't do a show, put out a Monday show consequently uh, because of Memorial Day, um, because we decided, we talked and we decided, um, you know, it would be more, it would be more respectful and more, um, you know, kind of, it would be a better way to honor Memorial Day and, and all those, all the brave men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice serving our country. It would be a better way to honor them to not do a show on Monday. Um, but consequently, Carson, um, we sort of missed the opportunity to talk about a big story. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, uh, I DM'd you on Twitter about this uh, situation. Um, at least I think I did. I don't know. You yeah. probably remember yep. better than I yes, did. You did. You did. I did. Yeah. Um, bear with me a second, ladies and gentlemen. Let me, uh, I just want to, uh, yeah. So <laughs> on Saturday, this past Saturday, I damned, I sent a message to Carson and I said, not going to lie. kind of wish we were doing the show so we could talk about Kapler. Um, I'm talking about, of course, the, Manager of the San Francisco Giants, Gabe Kapler, who, oh man, buckle up, this could be rough. Um, in case you guys missed it, basically Gabe Kapler came out and said he is uh, henceforth refusing to take the field for the national anthem until he, I don't know. And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but basically to the effect he's taking, he's, he's refusing to take the field for the national anthem until he something, something quote unquote feels better about the direction of the country. Um, obviously it goes without saying that uh, in the wake of, you know, what happened in Buffalo when it happened in Texas. And of course, what just most recently happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, It's it's blatantly it's it's so very obvious that changes need to be made, and I'm not going to go too too far down that rabbit hole because I don't want to get too you know into a political or you know whatever. I don't I don't want to go too far down that road. But clearly, changes need to be made. That's pretty obvious. Um, however, not taking the field for the Star Spangled Banner or kneeling or Whatever else these geniuses can come up with um, is not going to change a damn thing. And uh, I'll be perfectly honest with all of you. I, and of course, everybody remembers the Colin Kaepernick situation. You know, he started kneeling during the anthem and then all these other athletes started doing it. Um, I'll be brutally honest with you guys. Kneeling or not being on the field or not standing up or whatever, whatever thing you can come up with. Anything but standing and uh, anything but standing during the Star Spangled Banner and and, you know, taking your hat off and showing respect. Anything but that is just disrespectful as all hell, and it pisses me the fuck off. 
because I don't care, and I don't, I don't care what your reason is. I don't care what your, you know, oh well, you know, I'm doing it until you know things change or to try to, you know, affect positive change in our society. I got news for you. Protesting the anthem, protesting our national anthem in any way, shape, or form isn't going to change a goddamn thing. It's not going to affect any meaningful change, and it's it's disrespectful as fuck. Um, and I just, I don't know. And 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 then, uh, if that wasn't bad enough, Gabe Kapler doubled down by saying that he would quote unquote consider taking the field for the national anthem on Memorial Day. Well, how friggin' magnanimous. You'll consider taking the field for the Star Spangled Banner on the day that is the one, you know, designated day that is set aside to honor our our fallen soldiers. Um I've not really made any bones about my dislike of the Giants and, you know, for baseball reasons or whatever, but I just, I really, it really bothers me, and I really don't understand how the Giants and or Major League Baseball haven't stepped in in some way and been like, no, that's not okay. We're not okay with this. Uh, bad enough for a player to do it, but this dude's the manager. Um Carson, I'd I'd actually be really interested because we didn't really talk about this, but I'd really be interested to get your thoughts on this thing. Yeah, um, to I kind of want to approach this one with some you know delicacy, but um, uh, for for those of you, I don't know if I've really said this, but um, three generations of my family uh, served in the military, um, so. You know, from from an early age, I was always taught to respect the anthem, uh, respect the flag. So um, showing doing signs of protest with the anthem is something that uh, personally, I don't think I I know that I would never do and something that I don't know I will fully ever understand. Um, But especially on Memorial Day, um. The, I didn't I didn't know that he had said that he would consider doing it on Memorial Day um, and I don't know if you know if he actually did or not but um, as a military kid who has um, who's kind of seen what kind of um, you know who has seen from firsthand what uh, being in the military can be like um, yeah that 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 really gets to me um and i mean obviously doing these kind of protests for the anthem is nothing new um you know we've had kneeling before the anthem for uh social justice and things like that but i don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because i think that's a little bit of a different uh situation than this but yeah for for me it's just it's not something that i'll ever fully understand and honestly it's just not something that for me personally i can't support Um, yeah, I mean, 
like I said, my biggest gripe with it is that, well, maybe not my biggest gripe, but one of my gripes with it is that it's not going to change anything. Gabe Kapler not taking the field for the anthem. Players kneeling or whatever isn't going to, you're not changing anything. You're not, you're not making any damn difference. And it just, boy, it really, it really bothers me. Um, because like Carson, I've had, you know, um, obviously I've had family members who have, you know, served in the military. Um, some are still with us, some are not. Um, but where this, the reason this really hits home, um, my, um, my my absolute best friend in the in the whole world, um, somebody that I grew up with, and um, I mean he was more like a brother than a best friend. Uh, was killed in action in Iraq uh, back in two thousand six. Um, and again, I'm not going to go too far down the political rabbit hole about the situation in Iraq, but let's just say. Uh, I didn't agree with the reasons for him being there. Um, and the fact that he could have been here and home with his friends and family and safe um, instead of there on his uh, on his 21st birthday. Um, well, anyways, I, I don't want to go too far into that. But uh, not a fan of the uh, not a fan of Gabe Kapler's. Um, not a fan of Gabe Kapler's uh, statements or actions, um, to say the least. Um, anyways, uh, that brings us to the end of another episode. Um, don't forget to check us out on on uh, at anchor.fm slash eighth inning stretch. Um, from there, you can find a link to our website. You can find a link to our Twitter, um, which, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod. Um, find a link to support us on Patreon if you are so inclined. Um, and of course, don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes. Um, you can find them at printerdudes.etsy.com. They have a just ridiculously wide range of 3D printed collectibles and, and gifts. Um, and as a thank you for being a fan of the show, uh, you can use promo code HOMERUN. That's one word. Uh, and save 10% off your order. Uh, and do the dudes in Printer Dudes is spelled D double O D S. And again, that's printerdudes.etsy.com. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, Carson, say goodbye to the lovely people. Goodbye, everybody. Hopefully, we didn't uh, talk your ear off for this episode, but um, I think this was a pretty good episode for, for all of you guys who who really enjoy, you know, for us to just be, uh, you know, talking, talking some baseball and giving our analysis and stuff like that. So hopefully you guys still enjoyed, even if we did talk your ear off a little bit today. Yeah, this is a little bit of a longer episode, but, um, Hey, it's more, you know, more of us, which is, you know, that's a win. Um, sorry for anything we messed up. We'll try to be, try to do, but Wow. Sorry for anything we messed up. We'll try to do better next time. 
Uh, thank you all so much for listening. This has been the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, everybody have a fantastic uh, weekend, and we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. You've been listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Thanks for tuning in. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning stretch dot wixsite.com slash podcast.